0: Welcome to the official podcast of the Hoffeld Group. Your host is the CEO and chief sales trainer of the Hoffeld Group, David Hoffeld.
1: Welcome to the Science of Selling podcast, the place where you get actionable sales insights that are backed by hard science. And I'm David Huffeld, and joining me is Carl Polson and Carl boy we are speeding or at least it feels like it to me. Uh, We are speeding through 2021. So how has your year been uh, so far.
0: It's, it's been really good. You know, in Minnesota here, the sun's starting to shine a little bit for spring. So I've been grilling. I've been I've been actually grilling pizzas and trying to figure out the perfect combination for, for a pizza topping. I know it's very, very scientific. And there's a lot of research out there, David. <laughs> um, I found myself, I like the classic onions, sausage, pepperoni, some peppers. What about you? What is your go-to pizza topping? Yeah, I'm not I'm not too picky when it comes to
1: uh, pizza. Usually I just go with what my wife likes, which is um, (laughs) mushrooms and green peppers. Uh, But I'm pretty much game for most anything when it comes to pizza topping. But usually the go to is uh, is mushrooms and green peppers. You know, speaking of go to's, uh, we have been. A few podcasts ago, we went through each of the six whys many of our listeners will remember. We kind of talked about those mission-critical commitments that we need to get throughout the sale that represent the mental steps our buyers' brains go through when forming a buying decision. And, And today, Carl, we're going to talk about, boy, a really important topic, which is Dealing with lack of commitment, we've talked a lot about commitments and why they matter, and all the mountain of scientific research that has verified that, and which commitments matter. We've talked a lot about that, but what do you do when you don't get a commitment and and usually, just to set this up for our uh our listeners, usually when you when you ask for a commitment and you don't get them, so a commitment to let's say one of the six y's so a big commitment. That the sale is based on and usually it comes in three uh forms your buyer response uh first it could be an objection right where they go i disagree they don't they don't they don't buy into what you're sharing and that is you know you you handle it like you would an objection relatively straightforward uh to handle we have a lot of resources on that but second one is a lack of understanding where they go i you know they just don't get what, you're, what you've what shared, and so that's what's hindering them from making the commitment. Again, you clarify, pretty straightforward to handle, but Carl, today, the one we're going to talk about is the most challenging by far, and it's also the most common, because when you do a good presentation, you're going to get some objections, but a lot of times that's not the main issue you're dealing with, lack of understanding. Again, if you're presenting well and using those second-level questions uh, assessment questions, y- y- usually you're going to sniff out a lack of understanding pretty early before you get to your commitment. But the big one is dealing with a non-committal, weak, wishy-washy response uh, mm-hmm. where people say things. You go in for a beautiful commitment and they say, yeah, I don't know, maybe. Yeah. Just, yeah maybe. Or they might say, they might also say something, Clara, we've all heard this, right? Like, um. Uh, yeah, I, I I guess that's something for me to think about some version of that. So they're not objecting.
0: Let me, let me think it over.
1: Yeah, think- there you go. Yeah, let me think about that. So you go into this commitment and they say, let me think about that. So they, it's not that they don't understand. It's not that they're objecting. They're just giving you a weak, wishy-washy response. And this kills most people's commitment process because they go, what do I do? And a lot of times they just move on and ignore it as if nothing happened, which hinders their sales. So this is when we talk about commitments, this is, I would say, the number one obstruction for great salespeople is they're not sure what to do when they get a weak, wishy-washy response.
0: So, David, let's say I'm I'm Mr. Customer and you, you know, uh, uh, ask for a commitment and I, I, I give you a yeah, maybe let me think it over.
1: What do you do? Yeah, that's the question. So let's dive into this because this is a tough one. I remember years and years and years ago when I stumbled on this science and talked about how commitments matter. And I'm like, OK. And then it just became clearer what the commitments were. And then I had a real dilemma. Uh, and that is this very issue. What do you do when you don't get one? If it's an objection, it's straightforward. What to do? If it's a lack of understanding, pretty straightforward. A weak, wishy-washy response. I reviewed all the sales literature i could find on this and was absolutely no help at all so we went to the science and i just i remember for about a six month period i was just scouring academic journals on commitments like what do you do when you need someone to make a commitment it's in their best interest but they give you this weak response and i was able to find a number of studies that spoke to this exact issue and i've been teaching it now ever since and this is many years ago uh, that I stumbled upon this. And here's the idea, and then I'm going to demonstrate it. You want to get them to defend their position in your favor. Get them to defend their position in your favor. So the psychology here is they're not objecting, They're leaning in your direction. They're saying, well, maybe, or I need to think about it, right? So they're leaning in your direction but I need to get them to defend that position. That's what the research uh, showed. There's quite a bit of research that's come out since then that has also confirmed that the best way to get anyone to believe stronger in something is to get them to defend it, right? Their belief in it always goes up when they explain why, even why they're leaning in a direction. Now they believe more strongly in going in that direction than they did before. So, Get them to defend their position in your favor. What what does that look like in simple English? Let me demonstrate it for you. Let's say you presented about your company and the accolades, the awards, the kind of people, all the great things, the service you guys provide. And you've connected the dots between your company and what your buyers care about. So you've done that beautifully. They see a lot of value. And now you're ready to go in for a commitment. Let's just say in this example to your company. And so you say, based on what you know about our company, are we, uh, the organization you feel comfortable working with on this project? You ask for a commitment like that. And someone says, I don't know, maybe. I mean, I I like, I guess, what I've heard so far. What do you do? Get them to defend their position in your favor. And that one sounds like, well, it, it sounds like you see some value in working with us. I'd love to get your perspective. If we did work together, What do you think would be the biggest benefits that you would experience from our organization? And Now they're going to stop, and they're going to think through the value the commitment is based on. And they're going to say, well, this, and you mentioned this, and I really do like this. And right now who's selling who, right? And so Mm -hmm. they're thinking through the value the commitment's based on. And that is a lot of times what creates a weak, wishy-washy response, is people are not done processing the information that you've shared, uh, you're done and you're asking for a commitment, but they're still, they need a little nudge across that finish line, that mental finish line. And that's what this does. So now they're going to tell you all kind of good things. And then here's what you do. Then you're going to mirror their words back and go in for the commitment. And this works almost every single time. You're going to say, so based on A, B, C, and D, whatever they just shared, you mirror those words back to them. Are, are we a company then that you feel Good about working with. And now you're leveraging their words. And now they're like, usually you'll get a very positive response. Why? Because how did you handle it beautifully? You got them to defend their position in your favor. You ask them what are the benefits of working with you. And that's one of those key words you want to use. What are the benefits? And then they're going to share some things. And then you're going to mirror the wo- those words back and go back again in for that commitment. And it's going to feel fresh. To them, and it's also going to feel like you really understand their perspective because you're using their reasons, not yours, and that works well. But I would strongly recommend that give some thought and practice to what I just shared. I have found over the years that salespeople who go in for commitments, if they're not able to do that, they will not be able to get the commitments they could have or should have. If they had a simple strategy like this that's backed by science and it works unbelievably well, I've been teaching this for, oh my word, a long time uh, and it works extremely well. So get them to defend their position in your favor.
0: I remember when you first taught me um, how to utilize this and it really it's I'm not going to say it's a it's a magic bullet but it truly allows you to really connect with with your buyers and your prospects in a way that uh, differentiates yourself and really uh you know you're able to mirror their own language now what about the flip side you know so that was a great response of what you should do when you get the yeah maybe let me think about it what should salespeople never do when they get a weak response
1: yeah, and, and this this is a big question because I have found over the years people default yeah, to one of two things. One I mentioned, they'll just move on. They get a weak, witchy-washy response, and they'll go, well, okay, and they'll move on as if nothing happened uh, and just go into a new part of the process and just skip the commitment, which isn't good. Second thing they'll also do is probably the number one thing you shouldn't do. And that is the opposite of what I've just shared, people often default to, uh, where they get them to defend their position against you. Here's what that looks like. Getting them to defend their position in your favor is kind of what I demonstrated. The opposite is what many people default to, which is, let's go back into the same example. Uh, uh, You ask a commitment question, based on what you know about our company, are we the organization you feel comfortable working with on this project? And your your buyers say, I don't know, maybe, I mean, I, I like what I've heard so far, something to think about. And here's what you shouldn't do. So or, or, do you have any concerns uh, about our organization? Or what are some of the concerns, I mean, that's holding you back? And why is that a bad idea? Let's think about the psychology of this. What I shared before gets them to affirm the value the commitment is based on. When you focus them on concerns, what are they going to think about? What don't I like about this organization? And then often feel people feel pressured almost to make up stuff. So they're looking really hard. They're like, well, let's see. And now am I moving them closer to the commitment or away from the commitment? I'm pushing them away. Literally, I'm saying, OK, tell me why you shouldn't commit is basically what I've asked them there. So what the, the verbiage you want to use when it's about you, a commitment in your favor always focus on benefits they'll experience, right? Now, let's say it's about your competitors, right? Or you want again the to commit uh, against something that has nothing to do with you. Maybe it's even procrastinating. Now it's, what are your concerns? So for example, with procrastination, uh, you could say, and we've talked a lot about some of the pros and cons of of kind of moving forward now. But I'd love to get your feedback. If you were to not move forward on this project and just wait and let things continue as they are, what are your biggest concerns about that? Oh, now they're going to think about why I shouldn't wait and now I can leverage that, right? So what they think about matters a lot, right? So you want to be very strategic in the way you deal with this. But a lot of salespeople default to, the language of what are your concerns? Someone says, I don't know, maybe. And they go, what are your concerns? What's holding you back? And now they're going to struggle to think about what's, what are their concerns? So often they'll create concerns they really didn't have prior to the question. So it's when it's about you, it's never concerns. If it's about something that you want to move them away from, then it's concerns. But when it comes to you and your company, your product, or whatever it may be, That's regarding you. It's always one of the benefits. I want to move you closer to that commitment, not further away. So this is something that you want to get really good at. You want to become a ninja at handling weak, wishy-washy responses. And what I've just shared is the key to doing it. So I'd strongly recommend kind of reviewing this so you understand the strategy and how to execute it and then practice it. Because your ability to use this in the real world of sales When you ask for a commitment and you don't get it will often be the difference between obtaining that commitment or not, which will often be the difference between obtaining that sale or not. So remember, lack of commitment is your biggest problem in the sale. Lack of commitment kills sales. So be very attentive to this. And with this strategy I just shared, getting them to defend their position in your favor, this works it works incredibly well. Uh, it helps everyone move forward in the sale. So practice it, use it, and reap the benefits of it.
0: As always, David, especially this episode, I think listeners have a ton of great takeaways. And and as somebody who who myself has has utilized this advice, I'm telling all the listeners out there, give it a try. Just see what happens. Um, it it's really amazing. Until next time, uh, I did want to mention we have been loving um, the growth and support that our podcast has been getting. So keep on listening. Keep on sharing. Uh, We love it when you guys reach out. And until next time, David, hope you have a great rest of your week. We'll talk soon. Sounds good. Thanks, Carl.